Everybody good? Fantastic. Mary was talking about our Born for This uh, special coming up on um, the 18th, two services. And you have cards in your chair that you can help hand out uh, and invite people. So make sure you do that. Hey, real quick, it's Vision Builder Sunday. I'm going to explain what that is in just a moment. But I do want you to watch this video. If we have that ready, let's go ahead and watch our vision video. And you can check out kind of what we're talking about. God has always had it in our hearts to build a church full of people embracing their calling and empowered to live courageous in Christ, to lead a life that overflows into the world around them. Truly a church that sees Jesus on every street and in every heart. Meredith and I fully believe in the house of God, its purpose and its power to reach people far from God and impact a city for Christ. C3DFW is a home for people and it's a refuge for all people, the gathering of his body and the sending of his church. We know that the church should be a force. It should be a movement of people, always growing, always reaching, always serving, always giving, and always loving. This is the church, a people called to make a difference, to be who God has called them to be. And that calling, whatever it looks like, however it plays out, requires a courage that we hope our church brings to the table every time we meet people. So that whatever Whatever street you go to, and whatever heart you interact with, you take Jesus with you. His love, His grace, His peace, His power, His name. The name that is above every other name. We want to build a house where all people are welcomed and every person is believed in. A place where people follow Jesus, grow in community, and live with purpose telling all people that overflowing life is found in a living, breathing relationship with Jesus. The one who gave his life to give life. The one who finds the lost, saves the sinner, heals the sick, restores the broken, and raises the dead. Mark 16, 15 tells us to take this good news to everyone and everywhere. That is our hope to take this message to DFW, to be a light in the darkness, to live beyond comfortable, but to live comforted as we live beyond ourselves, relying on and trusting in God alone. We believe that is where true freedom is found, trusting God, stepping out with each other, doing life together. Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we hope to see people's lives transformed, to see their hearts full, for them to know they are loved, and because of that love, they can live life in all its fullness. But we also know that not everyone is going to walk in our doors on a Sunday. Not everyone will make the journey for whatever reason. So we do not settle for simply doing church. We lay hold of the call to be the church. That no matter if someone makes it to our service on a Sunday or on a weekend, they would encounter our church during the week through the people that call C3 home. This is about the places and about the people. It's about the everywhere and the everyone. It's about where you go and who you go for. Every street, it's about purpose. Every heart, it's about people. And that's who we are. We live with a purpose for a people. From the believer to the broken, from the hopeful to the hurting, from the lost to the found, from the outsiders to the insiders, from those empty to those fulfilled. Jesus, high and lifted up, in every person, in everyone, in every heart, on your street, on my street, on every street. Saving the lost, making disciples, equipping the saints, and building his church. This is us. This is who we are. This is C3. Awesome. Hey, so if you were with us in October, we did our Vision Builders Gala and uh, sat down and we talked a bit about what we're doing. And uh, there's a card that's going to be handed out here in the next minute or so. And uh, we've been talking about this for a while, uh, for really a couple months now. And we've got four primary initiatives in our Vision Builders. And we do this every year. For some of you who are new to us, and this is maybe even your first time, today is not a day that you have to go, oh, I'm going to jump in. This is a day you can kind of just hang out. But if you call this home, and this is your family, then we do ask everybody to participate. And it, it is for one reason, there's four primary initiatives. Um, and, and it's this. One is Beyond Sunday. 
We want to be a church that goes beyond Sunday. We realize that culture is becoming more and more a place where uh, you're not limited by time and place. Meaning I can watch my TV show at my kid's soccer game uh, on Saturday morning, the one that played Monday night at 7 p.m. There are things that now we can do wherever, whenever, however. We don't have to go to the bank to interact with our bank. We don't have to go to a movie theater to even watch a movie anymore. There's just things now where, where it is so easy for us to just adjust our life. And, and in so many ways, we want to be a church that can do that for people. We know that Sunday morning at 1030 cannot and should not be the only time people hear about Jesus and hear the answers that they need to hear and, and talk about the questions that they're having. And so that looks like uh, a, a, maybe podcasts that aren't just sermons. Because I know, listen, I love the things we talk about here, and I, and I think my preaching is pretty good. But I also know this. There is a large majority of us that are not going to sit down and watch a 45-minute sermon on a Monday afternoon. Uh, it, it, and if you did, you'd get fired because you're not supposed to be watching things. Um, or, or listen to a podcast for 45 minutes. But I do know that if we put content out there, like two, three-minute hits or, or, or conversations about the topics of the day, uh, or or different outreaches or having different things that happen beyond our Sunday morning service that maybe, just maybe, people will hear something they need to hear. And so we want to really encourage the Beyond Sunday and some of our media and some of the opportunities that we have uh, to press into some of those areas. So that's Beyond Sunday. That's one of those initiatives. The second one, and, and, and really they're in no particular order, is our weekly Fort Worth launch. Next year we want to be able to launch our Fort Worth service and our Fort Worth location uh, weekly. Uh, that means that we would have to then be able to do what we do on a, month, a monthly basis on a weekly basis. That means building teams. That means being a, uh, grabbing more people who live in Fort Worth. That means finding a facility. Uh, that means so many different things. That, and we've seen God's favor on Fort Worth and we're super excited about what he's doing here and what he's doing there and that we can all be a part of doing that. Amen. And, and, and then the third thing, the third thing is our headquarters. We have always wanted a, a, a space where we can invite the city to be a part of what we're doing. And what does that mean? That means we have a space where someone comes and teaches a karate class or someone comes and teaches a dance class or someone comes and teaches a, a how to be better employed class or how to reach your calling class or whatever it might be and that it's not limited to what we do but also what our culture needs, what our city needs. And so we want to be a church where we have a building that isn't just a church building. Um, I've seen that too many times where a church building has has become a building that is only used on Sunday Sunday mornings for 90 minutes or, or, or whatever it might be, and then it's not used the rest of the week except for a few staff people who hang out in there, and, and that's it. I would much rather be a space where we convert it to a church on a Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, people are coming into our church without even realizing it's our church, and they're seeing us and interacting with us. I do not mind having my office on a table next to somebody who doesn't realize they're in my church, and uh, I don't mind that. I love that, actually, and I want to be a place that welcomes that and is willing to go to Main Street and go to those places where people can interact with the church. Because how many of you know uh, that the first time people ever step foot in the church is just on a Sunday morning when they're going to hear songs they never heard before and hear stuff about a Bible they never really read before, that then maybe it's a bit of a challenge. But if we can meet them where they are, then all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to take them to where we believe God wants them to be. Amen? And, and, and then the other thing is our Take Courage van. Uh, our Take Courage van is, is, and this has just been a heart of ours. I would love for it to be a VW van. I don't know if that will happen. But we, we want a van that on the side of it, I know this may sound just kind of, but we, on the side of it, we want it to say something similar to take heart, take courage, because God is with you and he is for you. And we want to make sure people are understanding that about our church from day one. That we, you know, so many times I see churches, and it's not a, a bad thing, but so many times I see churches advertise themselves as cool and awesome and great, and you should come check us out. And I, and I get that. But what I would really love is for our church to advertise or market ourselves by simply saying, you know what, God's for you. We love you. Wherever you're at, and if you never come to our church, we want you to know this one thing. We love you. God loves you. He cares about you. He cares about who you are. He cares about where your heart's at. He cares about what you're thinking about. He cares about your future. He cares about your future so much that he bought eternity for you. And so we want to make sure of that. And so this Take Courage van might look like the van that pulls up at a high school in the morning at 6 a.m. and does pancakes for all the kids. It might look like a a, a van that brings uh, uh, coats and jackets and warm clothing to those who are homeless on uh, Christmas holiday. It might look like, uh, for one day, a food truck that shows up for the homeless. It might might look like a a thing that comes up with uh, uh, spa packages and all the like for uh, a battered women's shelter. It might, whatever it looks like, we want to make sure that we have something 
that as they're driving, people are seeing that Jesus is for them. Amen? And so those four things, listen, let me just tell you this. If we, if we really give and go after it, these four things can happen uh, within the next several months. These do not have to be things that we wait 12 months for. These don't have to be things that we wait 16, 18 months for. These can happen very quickly if we're all willing to sacrifice and go all in. And, and, and I, I think it's interesting, this word I'm going to be talking about, peace, today. We're going to talk about peace. It's, it's a big word in Advent. And, and, and the word peace, and I'm going to give you a little heads up about my message, the word peace is much less about the absence of conflict. It's much more about the presence of God. And it really, ultimately, more than that, it's about the active pursuit of things as they should be. This active pursuit of things as they should be. So when we say peace on earth, we're saying things as they should be on earth. Sounds a lot like our prayer of let the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that this, this vision builder thing that we're doing today, this offering that we're going to do, and we'll do this at the end of the service. I just want to give you a heads up now. We'll be doing our vision builders offering at the very end of today's service. We're going to give our tithe here in just a moment. So if you tithe, go ahead and get ready for that. There's a few different ways to give. But for those of you who've known this is coming, and Meredith and I have been praying over, I know many of you have been praying over how you're going to participate. I don't want to, I don't want to, listen, I think the Bible's very clear about our giving. I think especially the New Testament, more than anything, takes those things that which were law and moves them into grace. And, and what that means is it takes them away from a letter and makes them into our heart. And, and so giving and tithing and even this generosity thing goes way beyond just a conviction of and a, a command to. It goes way beyond that. It goes actually into the deepest parts of our heart and becomes something that we desire to do because the Lord has led us to be generous people. And so we're not asking you to give because you feel uh, uh, guilty about it or you feel coerced into it. We're asking you to give because we believe God has put us in a place where we can take the next step into the next season. And, and so for many of us, this is like, you know, you ever gotten under a bench press and, and, and you're put on a little bit more weight than you normally put on? That's kind of one of these moments. And, and but we know this, we know this, when you put on more weight and you actually lift that weight, you actually become stronger, not weaker. And for so many of us, these moments of giving and stretching beyond where we currently are prepare us for where God wants us to be. And so I want to encourage you as we prepare this. And, and we've made two commitments in our Vision Builders offering. We've made two commitments. One, that we would simply begin to give regularly. I know that sounds like, oh, well, yeah, okay, you talk about that, yeah. I think. But that we would commit to give regularly. Um, it, we would, because we can do this 12-month plan and you can give this much per month and all kind of stuff, but really what we'd want you to do is just make giving a part of your everyday life. Make generosity part of your everyday life. Um, we've seen that you can talk to many of our pastors and leaders here in the church, and, and that has been such an integral part and powerful part of our lives. And, and again, I would say it's not the only reason he talks about giving in the Bible, but I will say that one of the primary reasons the Bible talks about money is because money can rule our lives if he doesn't. If he doesn't talk about money, it's, money's going to get you. And so he didn't avoid this difficult subject because he knew somewhere down the line someone would say the Bible only talks about money. No, he goes, I'm going to talk about this because I want you to understand that if you don't rule money and if you don't put me where I belong, then money will take over your life and you will live your entire life. You will live every moment worrying about the bills you have to pay. You're going to be worrying about the money you haven't made, not the money you've already made. You're going to worry about all these things. And I don't want you to worry. I want you to seek first my kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. And so when we give to vision, we're not, we're not really making a financial commitment today. We're making a, a vision commitment today. We're committing to the vision of Jesus on every street and in every heart. We're committing to that, and then our, and then our resources follow. We are, in so many ways, uh, proclaiming what we expect in our giving. We expect God to move. We expect God to do things in our life and through our church. And so those four things are big. So that's our first commitment, tithing. Just making it regular. And if you don't like the word tithe, then just take the word give generosity. That one's in the Bible, I promise. And that's a big part of prayer, giving, all those things matter. And then the second one is happening today, and that is our one-time offering. And some of you may think, man, I can't give enough to make it worthwhile. I, I, that's a complete lie, because there's two reasons you're giving. One, yes, so we can see this happen, so we can step into it. But two, so you can begin the process and begin the journey of living with a level of faith and trust that only God deserves. And so you can begin now to begin to say, you know what, I only have this much, and I only have that much, and I only got this much. But you know what, God, uh, they only had two loaves and a few fish, and I, they put it in your hand, and you blessed it, you broke it, and then you multiplied it. And sometimes we have to get to 
a place of brokenness so that we can trust God enough that he could begin to multiply it in our lives. Amen? And so I want to encourage you today, whatever it is, I, I just encourage you to give. I don't want you to put, look, do not go into debt giving division this morning. Do not max out your credit card. That is unwise. That's not what we're talking about. And for some of you today, maybe the hard day to do it. Maybe it's two weeks from now. Maybe it's a month from now. You can give that. Maybe you can prepare for it. Maybe for some of you, this is the first time you're really kind of catching what this is all about. Uh, today was a goal. And if you didn't miss it today, it's okay. You can give later. But I just want to encourage you. Let us stretch out. Amen. As I talked this morning, just be praying over that. And at the end of the service, we're going to take that offering and pray together and celebrate about what God's going to do. Amen. Amen. So let me pray over the tithe and offering this morning. Those of you that normally give, go ahead and be prepared to give. I'm going to pray over that, uh, and then we'll give our tithe here in this next moment. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would begin to work in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that uh, the enemy would not try to pervert this message of giving above and beyond, that the, the enemy would not try to make it something it isn't, Lord, but it would be about us as people who live in this house, who call this place home, being willing to go. We're going to go out and reach more people and love more people and do these things that would prepare us and resource us to do what we need to do to reach our city. It may not sound like a missions offering, but that's exactly what it is. When we talk about launching another church, when we talk about having a location where the city can come in and interact, when we talk about all these things, when we talk about going beyond Sunday so that a friend can share a two and a half minute video about who Jesus is and all of a sudden start a conversation that otherwise we're having a tough time starting. But I, I pray that we would understand that this is us being willing to commit to Jesus, you, on every street and in every heart. And Lord, I pray we trust you. I pray we lean into it. I pray as we give now, it just prepares us even for as we give a little bit later this morning. Lord, I thank you for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, I want you to... Um... Just be ready. I'm going to read three verses. We're talking about this word peace today, if you didn't catch the drift there in those videos. We are talking about this word peace, and we're in this series that we just started last week called Born for This. And the idea here is that Jesus, even when he's before Pilate, just before he's going to be crucified, he says to Pilate, this is, I was born for this. This is what I was born for, to bring the truth to people. And we know that Jesus, in his mind, truth set people free. So what he's talking about here is truth that would bring life and hope and freedom into the lives of people. And so Jesus is, in so many ways, born for particular things. And we've been, we talked last week as we started this series, we talked of the word hope. And one of my favorite messages I've preached in a long time, this word of hope. And we ended it by talking about Advent being about expecting God. That Advent is about expecting God, both that he has already come and celebrating Jesus as a child, but also expecting that he would come again and anticipating that day when he would show up again. And so Advent becomes this idea that Jesus showed up, and he is, and he is going to show up again. And, 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 and this word today we're going to talk about is peace. Let's talk about this word peace, and I don't know about you, but that word can be one of those that seems easy to define, but when you begin to really dig into the word peace, you begin to realize there's a lot more to it than we actually understand. So here's what I'm going to do. I don't always do it this way, but I'm going to read to you three verses. So I'm not going to ask you to turn there because I'm going to just go from one to the next. Uh, they'll be on the screen, and I'll tell you what they are so you can write them down. Maybe you read them again a little bit later, but I want to read through these three verses and then talk to you a bit about this word peace. So Isaiah 9, 6, which really, if you celebrate Advent in, a, in church, you would see this Isaiah 9 uh, chapter brought up often. Uh, you see in Isaiah 9, 2, this great light that would shine upon those in darkness. And Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. You like that? A few of you guys really liked it. 
Luke chapter 1. Remember, if you want to be warmer, just say amen more. Luke chapter 1. Verse 76 through 79 in the message translation, this is a prophecy about John the Baptist, who was one that was going to prepare the way for Jesus, and it gives us a glimpse of who he was, who John the Baptist was, but also who he was preparing us for. It says this, and you, my child, prophet of the highest, speaking of John the Baptist, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways, present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins through the heartfelt mercies of our God. God's sunrise will break in upon us. I love that. God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way one foot at a time down the path of peace. Isn't that great? Down the path of peace. Here's this prophecy about John the Baptist who would tell us about Jesus. And and it's interesting how it actually sounds very similar to Isaiah 9 when it's talking about the light that will come, that will dawn on his people, and that it would show us the way of peace. In John 14, it says this. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. The peace I give you, the world cannot give. This gift I give you, peace of mind and peace of heart, and this kind of peace, the peace that I'm giving you, is a peace that the world cannot give you. That's a pretty good offer. The world, peace, the world cannot give you this kind of peace. I don't know about you, but I don't know if Christmas is a season where you actually think of peace. Like, I don't know if you wake up and go, it's such a peaceful day. The 12 gifts I have to give and get and the lines I have to stand in and, and the deals I have to sort through and, and the bills I have to figure out before I buy the presents. Or, or I'm just going to go ahead and buy the presents and we'll sort it out January 1. I'll make a resolution to pay off my debt. And uh, we, we've got all these. I don't know if peace is the word you think of when you think of Christmas. Uh, but this idea of peace is one that we should think of. Maybe, maybe you think of, uh, when I think of the word peace, you maybe you think of like sitting on the beach somewhere, hanging out, uh, waves coming. If you don't think of it that way, then you're probably just wrong. But maybe you think of peace, no kids, or the kids are playing nice in the sand, they're not bothering you, and, and the waves are falling and, and all breaking, and, and everything's just going well. It's sunny, it's nice, there's no fog, there's no, it's just nice day on the beach. Or maybe for you, peace is uh, your kids not screaming at the table, they're actually eating their food, and you are having a real, actual conversation with your spouse. Maybe that's peace to you. I don't know what peace looks like to you. Maybe you think of, what about Bob? And for some of you young people, you won't know this, but one of the greatest scenes in the history of film is when the father busts in the door and says, I want some peace and quiet. And Bob says, I'll be quiet. And the kid says, I'll be peace. It's the greatest line if my son ever uses that on me. He is kicked out of the house. I don't care how old he is. And then I'll clap for him because that's great. It's clever. It's pretty clever. And may, maybe you think of a, a, a Miss Universe pageant and someone gets up and they go, what do you want? And I want world peace. And she don't even know what that means, but I want that because it might help me win. And maybe that's what you think of. But what if our definition of peace is just a little bit short of what it should be? What if our definition of peace, meaning it's quiet or things are going well or the sun is up, or maybe our definition of peace isn't quite what it should be, almost like that food you eat and someone goes, well, that's, is that healthy? And you go, well, it's not unhealthy, right? It, it's kind of somewhere in the middle of what it should be. It's not quite what it shouldn't be, and it's not quite what it should be. It's just kind of somewhere in the middle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of you guys are like eating some of that now. It's like, well, it said something about gluten-free, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to live longer. And uh, it's not quite healthy, but it's not really that unhealthy. And sometimes that's our view of peace. We have this idea of peace that is not quite what it should be, but it's also not a terrible definition. This idea of quiet and absence of conflict isn't a terrible definition, but maybe it's just not a finished definition. I'll put it to you like this. Have you ever experienced a moment and, and in your mind or even out loud you said, this is how it should be? Have you ever gotten done with it? Maybe you watched a, a football game and your favorite team is finally winning again. And, uh, and, and you're going, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Right? Or, or maybe you're on a vacation and you have this moment and you go, I could do this all day. Right? And the truth is, you couldn't really sit on the beach all day. You would, at some point, get cold or 
bored or hungry. But the, regardless, the point is, I, you know, I, I can't do this all. I could do this, man. This is how I, I could live like this. So you go to a friend's house, and they got a car you really like, and you go, man, I could do this. And in your mind, here's what you're thinking. This is exactly the way it should be for me. This is how things should be. I would, I would just kind of submit to you that peace is that. Not the car and not the vacation and not necessarily the football team. Peace is this idea that things are as they should be. So when, when God says to you, uh, peace to you, peace on earth, good tidings to men, or when, when Paul says in his letter, hey, uh, uh, the God of peace, or when he says to you, peace to you and grace to you, when he says this word peace, maybe he's meaning more than just quiet, good life. Maybe he's meaning to you everything as it should be for you. That's a bigger word, isn't it, when you begin to think of peace that way. In fact, the word you would see uh, in the Hebrew language is the word shalom. And this word of shalom doesn't, it doesn't just mean quiet and absence of conflict. It really means wholeness, completeness, rightness, that there is something about this that is really everything it's supposed to be. And I actually have this, this quote that I want to put up here by a, a, a guy that's, uh, that I just, I love this quote. And I want to just read this. Do you, do you have that quote of um, what shalom is? It's a, uh, it should be up here because I don't have it in my notes. So if you don't have it, I'm, I'm in a tough spot. Do you have that quote? It's coming. Here we go. There it is. Shalom. Here we go. You ready? Shalom is this wonderful Hebrew word that literally means peace, but it means flourishing. I think it's the closest English word we have for it, and it means each individual element flourishes. Each person, but also each tree, each animal. Go ahead to the next line. It also means each of those relationships flourish. It also means that every group, every system, a family, a business, a school, a nation flourishes. So it's this literally global idea where everything lives up to its potential. So when we say we're people of peace, what we're not saying is we're going to be people who just don't cause any problems. What we're actually saying is we are people who will do everything we can to see everything live up to its potential. It changes the way we approach this idea of peace. And so when in this Advent season, when we're expecting God in every place and in every way, when we're in that Advent season, what we're really wanting when we talk about peace and wanting peace is we're wanting everything as it should be. It can no longer just be this idea that we're, it's absent of certain things and things are nice and clean and quiet and all that kind of stuff. We are actually now actively pursuing the presence of God, not simply quiet, but actually thriving. That changes the way I sing some of these Christmas songs even, Right? I'm not, I'm not singing these songs to say that, man, I, I hope everything settles down for you. No, what I'm actually singing is, man, I hope God does everything he ever intended to do in your life. I hope God does everything with you and in you and for you that he ever wanted to do for you. And I hope that you make yourself available to him in such a way that he can begin to shape you and mold you into who he has created you to be. Changes my Thinking on peace changes the way I approach even this Christmas season. Peace is an active pursuit of things as they should be, an active pursuit. And really, that's what we see, don't we? When we, when we celebrate Jesus as a, as a child, we celebrate Jesus as a baby, what we're really celebrating is this active pursuit of things the way God intended them to be. He sent Jesus for a particular reason. He sent Jesus so that things would end up becoming what he intended them to be. That our relationship with him would be the way it's supposed to be. That the way we treat each other would turn into the things it's supposed to be. That this peace would show up because he showed up and because he paid a price and because he did things that we could not do of ourselves. And there's actually three types of peace. And I'm not going to read all the verses, but if you were to just simply look up all the, word, all the verses that had this word peace, you'd begin to see this idea work itself out. So there's three things that I want to tell you about that are peace for us. These three primary things. Number one, it's peace now. Peace right now. Like right, right, right now. 
Whatever you're dealing with right now, peace. It's almost like that you're carrying with you this peace. You're almost like walking with this as it should be heart, as it should be attitude, even in the midst of things as they currently are. That, 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 that's what Jesus promises. He promises the peace of God that would protect your heart. The peace of God that would, would surpass understanding. This, this peace that even in the toughest moments, even in the most difficult moments, you tend to act as though things are as they should be. You have a different approach to the way things are because you know in your heart the way things should be. You're not disappointed, you're not mad, you're not angry. You're knowing that on the inside of you, in the eternal view of God, that things will be at some point the way they should be. And there's a difference the way you walk. It's this fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. That when we submit our lives to God and we actually submit our lives to the Holy Spirit, He begins to produce in us a peace a as-it-should-be type of attitude, a wholeness and a completeness type of life that begins to change the way we interact with the world. So there's this peace of God, but it depends on the next one, and that is the forever peace. So there's this now and forever peace, and this forever peace speaks to the eternity part of us, this eternal peace, and it speaks this idea that we have now peace with God. So we have this peace of God that just resides in us in the current place, but there's also this peace with God because our sin made us dead to God. The sin made us dead, and, and we were going to lose life forever, and Jesus came, died, and rose again so that through his sacrifice and through, so that through his life we could have righteousness so that we could be made right and all things as they should be with God. So that our relationship should be the way it should be with God. He paid a price for us so that we could have peace about our eternity. Yes, peace in our now, but also peace in our forever. That no longer were we at odds with him, no longer were we rebelling or, or moving away from or rejecting him, but now because of Christ and what he's done, him showing up as a child, born like us so that he could die like us, so that he could rise like none of us, so that because of that thing, we can actually begin to walk in a peace because of the sacrifice that he made. This now and forever peace. But then there's a third one, and this is kind of like one of those bonus ones. Because if you have this now and forever peace, if you have this, mo this now peace that doesn't change no matter what's going on around you, and you have this forever peace that is secured in the Holy Spirit in our lives, and, and God looks upon us and sees his son, the righteousness of his son, and he says, okay, I'm at peace with you. If you look at those two things, those two things should then affect how we interact with people. So there's this peace of God, and there's this peace with God, and then there's peace among people. See, the church should be the greatest dispenser of hope and peace on the planet. We should be people who walk around and interact with people as things should be, not as things are. So when things get a bit messed up and things get a bit difficult and someone posts something or someone says something or someone does something, we don't react the way the world would react because Jesus gave us a peace that doesn't look like that peace, that doesn't just look like everybody being quiet, don't comment, don't say anything, just let it be because we want to be nice and peaceful. No, 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 it changes to now, hey, you know what, let's, let's actually have a conversation about things. Let's actually walk through things. I'm going to bring peace into this. I'm going to bring a proactive pursuit of things as they should be in a way that allows you to receive it, in a way that allows me to receive you, in a way that we see peace amongst each other. So it has to begin to overflow into our lives. This peace with God, peace of God, has to begin to result in a peace with others. I, I remember this quote from Irwin McManus that said, the closer you get to God, it's impossible for you to get farther from people while you get closer to God. It's just not possible. You, you actually become a bigger person, able to carry more things, able to deal with more things, able to love more people because you know God loved you even in the midst of all the stuff you may have done or did do or will do. There's a peace that comes because his grace surpasses every kind of sin, every kind of mess up, every kind of deal. It's, it's this peace that shows up in our life. And there's an interesting word used in Isaiah 9, 6 because he actually calls him the prince of peace. 
I don't know about you, but like the other ones were great, right? God Almighty and Father and like we, like those, but then you call Jesus Prince when we just came out of the series talking about the king. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I got a little bit confused. Like, well, he, okay, so he's the prince. Is it, I mean, someday he becomes the king? And is it just because, he, what does that word mean? And I, and I would say, and please, please don't s- submit an email or a letter, and if you still write letters, and uh, don't, don't like, you could send us to the Translation Society, but, but that word, peace, is, or prince, is probably not the greatest word, but we just don't have a great word for it. Meaning this prince was not necessarily a title, prince was a position. Meaning that the the prince, in other words, the the leader of, the the, uh, director of, the one in charge of peace. So Jesus wasn't necessarily this prince. That's not necessarily the idea the way we would hear it. The way the, the, the writer would have tried to convey that to you was that Jesus was the one in charge of peace. Jesus was the one who ruled peace, and so if you want the peace he has, he has to be the one who brings it. He was the one in charge of it, and so when we talk about Jesus telling his disciples, I gave you a peace that no one else could give you, it's because he's the one in charge of it, and so if we're looking for a peace that goes beyond our current circumstances, we have to go to the one who brings that kind of peace. And so Jesus showing up in our life and showing up in our world and showing up as a child and, and showing up the way the prophecy said about him that he would be the prince of peace, what he's trying to come into our world and bring and trying to come into our world and release is this idea that things can be as they are supposed to be. Because I'm in charge of peace. This is the peace I give you. This is the peace that no one else can give you. And, and even Paul begins to work this idea when he begins to talk about peace over and over and over again, he's not just trying to tell you things will be nice and quiet. He's trying to tell you we are meant to be people who are peacemakers. We are meant to be people who carry with us this grace and this hope and this faith and this love that begins to bring this life and bring our culture and bring our cities and bring our relationships into the place that they should be. He's the one in charge of things as they should be. He's the one in charge of things and their potential. So when we, pray, when we sing the songs and we pray peace, when we say peace, those things are meant to speak to us every time we say them. God, let it be as it should be. And in so many ways, that's what we are as a church. We are trying to be people who bring peace on earth. Not just, although maybe some, quiet and and, and absence of war and conflict. But the reality is, is I don't know about you, but it just seems like conflict is always going to be here. It just seems like that's part of the, the deal. It seems like we're not perfect. We don't always get it right. I know I, know I don't, and, and, and I know you don't. And uh, no, sure. uh, some of you guys really took that personally, and I apologize. But, I, but, but the idea is that we would have a peace that we would bring into the earth, and Jesus brings that every time we interact with him. Every time we allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do, we begin to see things as they should be. I don't know if you've ever just been praying or reading your Bible or even in a a meeting like this and and something shifts in your thinking. You've been thinking about a particular thing over and over and over again all week long and it always ends negative and it always ends badly and there's no way this can work out and there's no way this is going to happen and there's no way this can... And then all of a sudden you hear the word of God or you pray or you you get with people who are worshiping God. And and all of a sudden things shift. And all of a sudden there's almost this thought. There's just barely this thought. Oh, okay. Things can be as they are supposed to be. And I can get to the end of this and go, this is how it should be. Everything living up to its potential. Isn't that an awesome way to think of Jesus as the Prince of Peace? The one who would bring into our lives everything that we are potentialed for. Everything that we have potential for, Jesus would bring into our world. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads with me. And I just, I want to pray into this because I, I think this word matters to us more than we realize. In so many ways, peace also speaks of justice. And justice, we think of this word of punishment or getting in trouble, but justice actually is another way to say, let's make things right. And I think peace in so many ways is Jesus saying to us, 
hey, I'm coming to make things right. So in this Advent season, as we work into Christmas and as we show up at Christmas, let us be people who expect, expect God to make things right in us. But even beyond that, that we would become people. We would become people who seek to make things right. To see people live up to their potential. To see a city live up to its potential. To see the hearts of people rescued. To see us doing relationship the way it should be done. With forgiveness and grace. With joy. Let us be people, God. Who pray for your peace. Upon our relationships. Upon our families. Upon all of those around us. God, let us not look at peace and go, man, I just wish things could be quiet. But let us be people who, even in our hearts, would see things as they should be. And I think this is the kind of day, this is the kind of day where, where we should be thinking about things as they should be. And this is the kind of day where I, I, I don't think we can walk away from this without praying about things that currently are. I think for many of us, when we pray about peace, we're praying that we could escape whatever is currently. Maybe today, even in the short moments we had together, that we've begun to see that maybe peace is more about what God can do in me, even in spite of what I'm dealing with. My uncertain future, my hurts and my pains, my discouragements about what has happened, the relationships that aren't working, And instead of me walking around as things currently are, God, I want to walk around as things should be. That I walk around in my life and in my heart as things should be. That I would not give up on, that I would not quit on, that I would not live as though things cannot and will not get better. But let me live with this constant idea and this constant presence of shalom. Things as complete things as finished, things as done and healthy. God, that we would pray peace over each other, peace over our own lives, peace over this earth. As we celebrate Jesus showing up, let us not get caught up in the worry and concern and the guilt and the hurt and the pain and all the things that sometimes come along with all the deals that happen at Christmas time. The, 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 the frustrations about not being able to buy that or the family we haven't talked to in five years or the, the things that we wish we could do that we can't do and the, the things that don't happen that we want it to happen. And, and, and sometimes even in the most joyous moments, we can find ourselves frustrated and discouraged. And I I would pray the Holy Spirit you would bring about a new level and a new understanding and a new revelation of peace things as they should be in us and maybe for some of you that is where you are you are stuck in the things as they are and you want to know God the Prince of Peace Jesus because you want to be able to live life as it should be Even when you can't quite see it, you want to have the the understanding and the knowledge of who God is, the presence of God in your life, so that you can have not just the peace with God, but the peace of God that surpasses understanding. So even in the midst of, you are still walking with peace. If that's you this morning and you'd say, you know what, I, I just, I need peace. I thought I had peace because I'd been getting away Monday afternoons and getting some peace and quiet, and, and I'd been doing those things. And so I thought I had some measure of peace, and maybe at some level that has been helpful, and it's good, and, and that's not a bad thing. But, but maybe there's, there's definitely a, a depth to my peace that I, I have not understood and I, that I wanted or needed. Or maybe for some of us, we need that peace, not just of God, but that peace with God. That we would say, you know what, I've, I've never really made it right with God. I've never actually accepted Christ and so that I could have peace with God. That I could have not only the now, but also the forever peace. This now and forever peace. And maybe there's even a third person in here this morning that would say, you know what, I've got peace with God and I seem to have this peace of God. I wish I could have a little bit more. I'm going to pray about that. But, but I also know that I need to have peace with people. That my relationships with some people or all people or just one or two people is not as it should be. And God, I'm called to be a peacemaker. And so let me be a person 
Let me be a follower, a disciple of Christ who would be willing to make things as they should be because you have done that for me and with me. And I'm just going to real quickly, if you fit in any one of those categories, I want to pray with you. I want to agree with you. I want to declare peace over your life. I want to speak peace. I want to pray about peace in your life because I believe God can do that now, even right now, to begin to move you towards this as it should be life. If that's you and you'd say, I fit in one of those three. You know what? I need the peace of God. Maybe you know that you need the peace with God, this forever peace. Maybe you know you need peace among others that you've got some relationships that need to go back to the way they should be. Not the way they've ended up, not the way they are currently, but the way they should be. With grace, forgiveness. If that's you and you'd say, I need one of those three. I need peace of God, peace with God, peace with others. Would you just right now, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Awesome, awesome. All over the place. Anybody else? Just boldness and courage. I know to, to say that, to admit that, to step into that. If you already raise your hand, you can set it down. Anybody else, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Awesome. So many people. So good. God, we pray right now over every life and over every person. God, we pray for peace. God, not the old understanding of peace, not just the absence of things, not just the quiet stuff, but Lord, we pray for the peace that even in the most difficult moments, even in the most trying times, God, that we have peace, that we have this understanding that you will work things out the way they should be, even if they are not currently the way we thought they would be. And so we pray right now, both that we would have peace with God and that we would have chaos and discouragement, but also, Lord, that we would have the peace of God, the peace that says no matter what I'm walking through, no matter what I'm dealing with, you can calm the storms and you can raise me up and I can stand knowing that even though it is not as I want it, it is and will be as it should be because you are with me and for me. And Lord, I pray also for those who'd say, you know what, I've got some relationships that have not Uh, seen the fruit of my peace with and peace of with God and I I pray that I would begin to walk in that in my friendships and relationships and my co-workers and my family but that I would begin to see this peace with others that I would take on the responsibility God to bring peace into my world into my friendships into my relationships in Jesus mighty name we pray amen 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 isn't that good It's like one of those you guys just trying to decide, should I clap? He's already got a big head. Hey, I want to, um, oh, it's so good, though. I was reading that this week. I was just, it's just so good. Hey, we're going to give our Vision Builders offering. Some of you guys have been thinking about it. If um, you may have this card, you may not. We've got these, and I think they already got passed out, so it's fine. You don't necessarily have to do this. You can give on our online giving. You can do the same thing. You can give our Vision Builders offering. And and I want uh, Pastor Scott and Becca to come up. And my wife, who's not in here, my guess is she's with the kids. Yeah, can you grab Pastor Mayor? And um, we're gonna we're gonna pray over this. And uh, I'm just man, I'm just super thankful for your willingness to walk through this journey and and hear the stories that you've heard over the last several weeks, the last couple months as we've been preparing for this. I believe today could be something really special, not just for our church, but for us as people as we step out. Some of you have been praying over this and thinking about this and and in some ways struggling with this. Like, how do I step into this? And uh, I I just want to encourage you. Um, God is our provision. I I really do believe that. I know that sounds like a preacher talk thing, but I know Scott and Rebecca could tell you the same thing. I know Meredith and I can tell you the the same thing that we have seen in our lives where God has stepped into some things for us. And um, and I, I'm not one who would say because you give money, you get money. That's I don't think that's, I think God is, it, this is a, just a level of trust. This is us going, I trust God. I trust him. And whatever he needs to bring into my life, he's going to bring into my life. Uh, but this isn't just a money thing. I would just tell you, I would encourage you that this is not just a money thing. I would say oftentimes our generosity is, is also a reflection of our prayers. It's also a reflection of the word of God in us. I think it's also a reflection of, of good and healthy relationships. I think all those things that God commands us to do and all those things God wants us to do are all for our own health. And we see that work in our lives. And so I want to pray over this. I'm going to give you some time to fill that out. Maybe today your biggest thing is that you're going to commit to give regular uh, on, uh, on a regular basis. Uh, maybe for some of you, you have in mind a number that you're going to give this morning. And um, and for some of you, I know like worship team, some of these guys are up here right now. Um, 
maybe you just need a second to fill that out. But I want to pray over this, and then after I pray over this, we're going to, we're going to stand and worship together and sing together and celebrate together as we step into the next season of our church. Amen? Amen? Come on. It's going to be good. I want to just encourage you all. Let's step into this together. Uh, let's do this together. And uh, I'm believing God's going to work in such a cool way. And I can't wait to see these things in the flesh. Babe, come on over here. Um, I just feel like that makes more sense than these things. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I'm going to pray, and uh, and I, I would just I would ask you to, if you have that card, just ha- hold it in your hand. If you're going to give online, just hold that in your hand. I, I, I want to pray over this and pray that God blesses uh, what we give. Um, and, and, and again, I, I'm, I don't give hoping that God gives back to me. I do think that's a result. Um, but I, what I'm praying for is that what I give, God multiplies and uses in the lives of people in a way that I could not have done it on my own. That's what my prayer is, and I hope that's your prayer as well, that this isn't a financial commitment. This is a vision commitment towards what God wants to do. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for your life. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you give life. And I I pray that today as we give, Lord, that we would trust you, that we would uh, honor you, Lord, that that, that our faith in our gift would honor the kind of things you want to do in us. Lord, that we would have big faith because we have a big God that we would trust you immensely because you have uh, entrusted us immensely. You've given us things to steward and things to do with. And I pray that today, as we give, as we give with things in mind, as we give with a future in mind, Lord, as we give with peace in mind, as we give with as it should be in mind, Lord, I pray that we would give with our whole heart, with everything that we are, that we'd be cheerful givers. Lord, we'd be people who would be sacrificial in who we are and what we're doing. And Lord, I pray that you would give life and life abundant in us and through us, Lord, that we would not have overflowing life just for us, but we'd have overflowing life for those who would be affected as it spills over out of our lives. And so we pray that our generosity Lord, that we would give because we've been freely given to the same grace, the same uh, faith, uh, the same love, uh, God, that you've given us, Lord, we would give to others. And I pray this gift today would just be a small part of what we give to you in our everyday life to see people reached by Jesus, to see Jesus on every street and in every heart. So Lord, I pray you bless those who are stepping out and leaning in. Lord, I pray that you honor them. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you show them that you can do more with what uh, we have than even we can do on our own. And so we pray you bless this. Let it reach into the ends of the earth. Let it be uh, that every street and every heart is impacted by what we're doing today and what we're giving today. Let it be a hallmark moment. Let it be a moment that we will never, ever, ever forget. Let it be a moment in time that we look back at and remember this is the day that things shifted for us as a church and for us as people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen.